Sports are back, and you don't want to miss any of the exclusive coverage of this unprecedented sports season. You can subscribe to The Athletic now by going to theathletic.com slash down to dunk, and you will receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you don't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams like the Thunder. Like, what's going to happen with the Thunder? You can get everything that Eric Horn writes, everything that Sam Amick writes, everything that Zach Harper writes, all on The Athletic, while also supporting down to dunk so make sure you go to the athletic.com slash down to dunk and receive that 40 percent off your annual subscription we hope to see you there i'm deontay burden and i'm down to dunk i'm hamadou diallo hey i'm danilo gallinari i'm chris paul and i'm down to dunk i'm louis dort and i'm down to dort what's dort I, i'm not gonna lie i don't know what that was in english bro i'm Darius basley and i'm down to dunk i'm shake Gilles alexander i'm steven adams i'm andre robertson and i'm down to dunk yeah. on you Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me tonight is my good friend Jay Smith on the pod, on the Wednesday pod. Jay, what's up? What's up, man? You know, I think here's what happened is Alex had some other things going on and he's in Portland. So the game was weird. He couldn't get access to it. So he said, hey, let's swap. So he's going to be on Friday. I'm here on Wednesday. And really, I just haven't talked to Andrew in like two weeks, which is like the first <laughs> two weeks. It's like the first time I haven't talked to Andrew in, in months. And so I just needed to jump on as soon as possible. So, Plus, I'm really excited to uh, massively overreact to a scrimmage uh, <laughs> where the <laughs> majority of the starters didn't really play much. But. I know. I was a little – you're a little bummed to hear that, oh, okay, no Damian Lillard. No, it's AJ McCollum. Okay, that's that's kind of a bummer. No, Chris Paul. You have the Nerlens Noel deal where he, you know, missed his COVID test today, and mm-hmm. <laughs> then uh, Matt Ravis, who uh, works uh, here in Oklahoma City on a on a radio station, uh, Sports Animal, he said something to the effect of. You know, Nerlens. This is something that's gone on his whole career. You know, you hate to see him miss a mandatory test. And did you see Nerland's comment like on his tweet? No, I didn't see it. Nerland's like thought back and said that he was just trying to take a nap and just like chill out. You should chill out like I was. Called him I think he called him Karen in his tweet. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Good job, Nerland's. Okay. Uh that was a little weird. But um uh, so I on the broadcast, at least, it did talk about how Billy kind of just addressed it and was like, you know, Nerlens felt horrible. Yeah. Like, he, you know, and he's not the first one that that's happened to. Who? Somebody recently just got suspended for missing it. You know, I don't know. His test. I'll, I'll figure it out. But somebody, I mean, it was a player that you would know, like missed his test and had to sit out a game. Um, oh, uh, it's embarrassing. But I mean, it's another one of those measures that just makes you feel a little bit better about what they're doing down there yep where they could be like yeah you know he's tested negative this whole time let's just oh, it was it was porzingis oh that's right yeah it's i do remember game. that now yeah so i mean it's it's just another one of those things where you're just like okay the nba is doing this right i think well, they're doing just, a good job 
you do, and you look at like Major League Baseball is just already imploding oh, like man. Yeah. three days into their season because you know they just I, I, there's just no way for to, if you want to maintain like coronavirus you know isolate like you just have to be isolated like, yeah. there's just no other way at this point it's running too rampant especially in a lot of the cities that you know or a lot of the states that a lot of these teams are stationed in or playing in and so it's just one of those things like there it's it's overkill like it's i've always felt like it was overkill um but that's the way it has to be and so far you know knock on wood it is um doing what it's supposed to do and that's also why Lou Williams is punished with 10 days of sitting out and yep. uh, because they have to protect the bubble. Like you can't go to a gentleman's club, no matter how good the lemon garlic or whatever it is. The lemon pepper I mean, wings. Yeah, lemon yeah. pepper wings are, uh, you know, and it, but but it is. It's the reason it's working. And I, I love, man, I've gotten incredibly fascinated with uh, all I follow Matisse Thibel and yeah. Uh, JaVale McGee. And so just seeing inside the bubble is just so intriguing to me. And so just getting to watch those guys. And then of course that Twitter account uh, is really good too, but it's just, it's incredible. The NBA is pulling off and even like, I know we're kind of burying the lead here a little bit, but um, watching the in-game experience and they're progressing it a little bit more. And I wonder, and, and maybe you know this, but it feels like the individual teams have some sort of influence in it. Because if you looked at the Portland one tonight, one of the things they did is they had individual fans. It looked like they had fans like take video of themselves on a zoom microphone or a camera. Like it felt like a lot of more like sitting in a streaming platform watching the game, but it felt different than the other teams have so far, you know? And so I'm assuming the teams are having some influence over what their projection is going to be during the game when they're home team. Yeah. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, the the NBA announced, I think late last week, that they are having fans come on like via Zoom that are going to be cheering on the team live as things are going on. That's so, and so awesome. like I I don't know what the vetting process is for this. Yeah, I'm, it feels dangerous. <laughs> I'm very interested to know because I mean they have to have very strict rules for what you can say. Cause I don't know how loud these individuals are going to be in the arena there or what you can do. I mean, it's, it just opens up this like can of worms that if I were the NBA, I would have just said, no, thanks. No, thank you. We'll just pump sound into it. Yeah, exactly. And it did feel like, I think tonight during the Portland game, they did have some, at least ambient crowd noise. Yeah, they did. Being pumped in as well. And it's, so I'm wondering also like, so scrimmages are winding down. I mean, I'm assuming maybe tonight or tomorrow is the last one, probably tonight. So the regular season starts in just a few days. Yep. And for me, I'm like, I wonder if they're going to take it to a different level than they have whenever the regular season starts. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just a guess. So that's my assumption is it's going to be like some of that production's even going to take a different step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've honestly been impressed with very, it. Very, very. When I watch the game, I just feel it just feels like, oh, I'm watching a basketball game. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice the screens behind there a little bit, but it really just kind of adds to the feel more than it does anything. Because I think one of the first things we thought when, okay, they're playing in the bubble in Orlando, like that's, it's going to be so weird. It's going to look weird. It's going to be hard to watch. What's it going to be like? And if you watch it, like, oh, it's just like basketball. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's which is the best case scenario, right? I mean, that's that's right. what you want. And they've done such I mean, really the execution of almost everything has gone as about as well as you could have hoped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is I mean, it's for us, obviously, as NBA fans, it's great, but it's it's just a testament to the organization. The league has just always been on the progressive side of everything, you know, technology yep. and trying to integrate, you know, more fan experiences. And some of that's because they've, you know, at least recently had a kind of backseat rating wise over the course of the last few years compared to NFL specifically. But they just have always done a good job of, of being the most kind of aggressive and progressive as far as the way they produce their product. And I don't know, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for the regular season. I'm glad these scrimmages are over. I'm actually was kind of shocked that basketball during those, I know a lot of people were expecting those to be pretty bad quality, but for the most part, at least for the starters minutes, like the basketball was pretty enjoyable to watch. Like I watched all three games and from beginning to end, um, but that's also cause I'm a weird obsessed person. But other than, you know, Chris Paul's like clearly just giving minimal effort. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, like guys aren't as really as rusty as I probably assumed they would be. I think they're a little bit there, but, um, this ramp up the training camp, the three scrimmages, and then these eight games, like I think the playoff basketball quality is going to be very, very good. And the likelihood of the bubble staying pure begins to increase mm-hmm. um, the further you get into it because you have less people on campus. Yeah. You do have the so, but, family members coming in, which makes yep. me feel nervous. Yeah, I know. Like, don't. Why? Just, <laughs> just, I know they're there for a long time, but just let it be. Please don't mess with this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, but you're right. The basketball has been good. I mean, it's... I, I haven't noticed it. I haven't seen anything that I'm like, oh, wow. Like, they're really missing this, this, this. I don't know. Like, it looks pretty good. And I, I think that these eight games are going to be really fun. And I think you're right. The playoffs is going to be quality. And so I, I just, I think you have to tip your hat to the NBA and to the players for being ready. Uh, they have clearly been playing basketball for a while. Right. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Uh, these aren't guys that... Uh, didn't play basketball for months. These are guys that have been working. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right. The boys will be getting back out on the diamond this week. And while we may not be able to join them at the park, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Pick 10 players, stand to the salary cap, and pile up the points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have your skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. One of the guys that's been working 
is Darius Baisley, who tonight in 27 minutes had 20 points on 7 of 15 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, uh, 3 of 6 from the free throw line, 2 boards, 2 assists, uh, a steal and a block. And he scored in multiple ways. He handled the ball. Uh, his block shot wasn't one at the rim. It was one on the perimeter, which uh, says something. He looks good, Jay. He looks he good. Does. What? Um, how how far is too far is the question tonight. Um, so, here's, so here's a few things. So he had a play early in the game. And, and it would be different if it wasn't like – I know Hassan Whiteside isn't a great center anymore, nor has he maybe ever really been. He's a good shot blocker, um, though. Always has been, is, always will he's be. He's always been a good rim protector. And basically had a move to the rim where he scored where in the past it would have either gotten rejected or he would have gotten there and then not um, figured out what to do with it. And he finished. And yeah. his shot is the other thing that just looks, I mean, it just looks pure. Mm-hmm. And he looks, I don't know, I, I trust it. I, I, I posted this on Twitter earlier. Like, here's the deal is for most of the season with Baisley and with Dort, we've had this like caution of really saying, man, these two guys are long-term players for this team. And I know it's scrimmage basketball and it's not, it could look totally different in the eight games that we have, but this is not just the first time we've seen them play. Like Baisley had moments throughout the season where you watch the play and you're like, this guy can play. And it just yeah. is seeing like his development, even over the last five months has been something where like, man, if this guy's taking this step from here to here, what does the future look like uh, here in Oklahoma city for him? It's the same thing with door. Like, it isn't just an isolated event where, yeah, they played great and scrub minutes. Like, Baisley got legit minutes from the beginning of the season. The only reason he fell out of the lineup is because he got injured. Um, and it's pretty clear that Donovan trusts him to be a part of this team, you know, as well. And so I, I was just ultra impressed. I think he's the primary story that came from tonight's um, from tonight's game. And and he's been a highlight of the the uh, scrimmage season himself anyway. Like, he's been pretty good. Boston, I think, was kind of a zippy game, but he was pretty good against Philly, and then obviously he was great tonight. And I don't know, it just excites me. So when you watch him, Andrew, like, what are the things you see about him that that gets you excited? Like, what are the things you really notice that you think are sustainable for the long term? Yeah, I think the things, the thing that gets me most excited is that he has such good feel for what's going on on the court. And then feel for the ball to grab and go. I think those are the things to me. His shot's going to come and go. Like the three of five from three, that's great. I, it's nice that he has that. Uh, he's not going to go three of five from three every night. He's going to have over five from three nights. He's going to have one of five from three nights. Hey, he may even have four or five from three nights. That's going to come and go. But to me, is a his decision making and his ability to know where to be on defense those are the foundational pieces for just being able to play for a Billy Donovan led team or really just an NBA team in general. And he seems to have those abilities. And then if you add to it, the confidence to make a move on a veteran NBA center and get to the rim and score at the rim, that's huge. And to hit a spot up three, if you can do all those things, 
you're you're a real player. <laughs> you're, you're you are for real. And then you have those building blocks. You have these foundational pieces that could lead you to somewhere else. Now, to lead you to be a Pascal Siakam type of player, that's a big leap to get there. Is it impossible? It's not. It's really not. No, He's no. got those foundational pieces that are there. And he was a highly rated player coming out of high school. He's he's an impressive athlete, and he's just an impressive person as well. Uh, I think that he works hard. I think that he's got his head on straight, and those things matter as well. And uh, I, <laughs> I think this guy could be one of the building blocks for the Thunder moving forward. I think they certainly have one in Shea. And then you have these two kind of emerging characters in Dort and Baisley that you look at and you say, okay, I need to see more, but I like what I see so far. And to, tonight, even though it's a scrimmage in a game that just doesn't matter at all, <laughs> just just really doesn't. I mean, the, the both teams are telling their best players, eh, you know, if you're in there, don't don't worry too much. And if you don't want to play, don't play. But still, you you saw some things that made you go, oh, oh, okay. Uh, where are my evaluation points on this guy? And you don't need to just go all in with him, but you need to make note that, oh, okay, he can do this. Oh, he's got the confidence to do that. He's He's going to be a grab-and-go type of player. There are just a lot of things there tonight that made you – it just kind of confirmed all the positive thoughts you could ever have about Baisley. Yeah, and it's – he just has that rare combination. I don't know. I mean, this is what you're just looking for in a guy. I mean, he's 6'9", almost 6'10". He's going to fill out quite a bit, but he can do things with the ball. Um, I don't know. He's just not as limited as a lot of those guys that maybe have that size come in. So he's not he's not a, a, a pure three, you know, not that positions necessarily matter. Yeah, but you hear Billy talking about how he could even see him at the five at some point in his league. Like the versatility of this guy to have the ability that he does. Like I do think, like I feel more and more confident that down the line we're going to look back in this and be like, man, Sam knocked that pick out of the park because mm-hmm. we nobody predicted this. Nobody saw it. Nobody knew who he was. I mean, Baisley was, I mean, what was he projected to be at the end of the first or sometime in the second? Yeah, I mean, mostly a second round guy. Because I remember, I mean, McKelly and I covered that draft. And he, he, there had been some talk of him getting up into the first round, but it was mostly like a early second round pick. And to have the confidence to take him. And I, I don't know exactly what the Thunder saw in him. It must have been in a workout <laughs> because you, you certainly did not evaluate what he did with New Balance that whole year. And evaluating a high schooler the year prior, that's, it's a, that's a tough one. Uh, it, was just, it, was a weird, it was a weird year. And that's, if he did go to college and you did have a chance to evaluate him, where, where does he go? And what does he do that year in college? I don't know. He, I don't know he, if he's even available for the Thunder. But yeah, I'm uh, glad that he didn't. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and you think a little bit of, okay, this, this kid 
went for the money grab. It didn't even go to school. It, it's kind of, it feels like a red flag, right? Like what, what is he, what's this guy doing? But you spend some time listening to him or talk to him and he's strangely mature for his age. And, uh, I, I don't know. There's just, a, there's a lot of really good things about Darius Baisley. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in, in real games. Uh, and the Thunder get, get a real game here in the next few days. They get to play Utah and that's a, that's a big one. That's, it's an, it's an emotional game on many levels, but, uh, that's a, that's another big evaluation point for Darius. I think that he's a guy that you can watch through these eight games and through the playoffs and get some real evaluation points on, on where they're at. And then what do the Thunder do moving forward? Because I think if you, if you have a building block in him, it, it changes where you're, what you do in the drafts and it changes what you try to do in free agency and what you do via trade. And so I, I think that he, he may be able to do enough in this short period of time to maybe even change the course of, of what happens to this rebuild and what positions are we going after? It's uh it's, it's exciting. It's exciting times. And I think the thunder might even be a little bit surprised as to how deep this team is uh, watching them over these last three games and the talent that has emerged uh, during this break, I think it's uh, it's very encouraging. Is your student loan payment too high? Is water wet? Well, refinancing with Ernest can help you lower your monthly payment. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Ernest. Even if you've refinanced before, with today's low rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online, it takes only two minutes, and then you'll get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Want to change your monthly payment, combine many loans into one easy payment, or get a better rate? Earnest makes it easy. Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, the internet loves Earnest customer service. They've rated it at 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. And now you can get $100 cash bonus when you refinance a loan with earnest.com slash down to dunk. Once again, you get $100 cash bonus if you refinance your loan at earnest.com slash down to dunk. Not available in all states. Visit earnest.com slash down to dunk for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinancing loans are made by Earnest Operations LLC in MLS 1204917. California financing law license number 6054788. 303 Second Street Suite 401 in San Francisco, California 94107. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. Yeah, and I think the, the thing as a Thunder fan that, that I'm reminded of when we talk about this as well is, is and it this isn't even, like this is just free money. Like you're playing with house money with those two picks. Like with Lou Gentz and Darius Basil, it's like, yeah, if we hit on it, it is what it is, but we have, you know, Lou is undrafted. Well, but I'm saying, but even beyond that, I'm like, we still have 15. Like the expectation to find guys was not in the 2019 NBA draft. Yeah. The expectation is that, hey, we have all of these chips to play over the course of the next five to 10 years. That's where we're going to get these building blocks. So for me, is it's it's not that we're finished, like it's a finished project, but it's like, man, if you hit on a few guys that you weren't expecting to really hit on, then these next 
rounds of picks that you're going to get or assets you can move to get picks. Like it, it just sets this team up for tremendous success going forward because of Sam's, you know, gift at drafting. Well, you know, and it's hard cause like you can just go through the, his list of draft picks and, and he has missed as well, which every GM does. Um, but man, it feels like he struck gold in the 2019 draft because both of those guys, I think I see both of those guys. And I think McKelly said, this is like definitely second contract NBA players. Um, but it's hard for me not to get overly confident and say even further. Right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> just because of their skill set, And it seems like so far their workload, I Lou is just, he's been ever, I mean, he's just been solid every time he plays. <laughs> He finishes so well at the rim. His shot <laughs> yeah. should not in any stretch of the imagination go in, but it goes in more often he's than it three does five right again. Now. And he's, <laughs> he was very good. 13 it's, points on seven shots. Ceiling. Here's so real talk. I bet if he's, if the Thunder are playing in one of those converted convention halls, I guarantee you he has shot a legitimate three that has scraped the ceiling. <laughs> Don't doubt it. Because it is a high arcing shot. I mean, it is insane, but it, it's going in, and he, he has, and I've said this before, I think, but if Ferguson had lose confidence, like, yeah, I think Ferguson's done, man. Whoa, like, what do you mean? I think for the Thunder, Clarify. like, I, like I, I just, he's not, he didn't get any minutes tonight. He didn't, he he was out tonight, like for just yeah, rest. Um, I don't remember what the reason was, but yeah, he wasn't going to play tonight anyways. Okay. So I was like, why aren't for, this is a game where Ferg should get all sorts of burn, but <laughs> even earlier on, he's what the fourth guy off the bench. Yeah. I mean, he's so, not, and that may change. Like he, that may change where they're just trying to give different guys more looks like Hami's playing a lot more than I would play him. Yeah. Uh, but he was actually pretty decent tonight. Everybody was kind of good tonight. Um, so, and not oh, yeah. to mention, like we haven't even talked about it. And Andrew, I want to hear a little bit more about your thoughts. Like, uh, so looking at Shea, Shea hit two step back three pointers tonight on Nurkic, which just like <laughs> you want to talk about maybe my favorite experience in basketball is anything you can do. I don't like Nur- Nurkic uh, for many many reasons, but uh, watching him hit those two with just so much confidence, like Shea seven assists tonight, passing the ball well. This dude is legitimate. Yeah, I mean, he's playing with supreme confidence. He's he looks he looks like a star, man. I mean, he just does. He looks like a guy that's going to command the ball. Uh, and that that's just another guy that I'm excited to see in these real games. Is is what can he do? Because he is still getting in the lane. He's working on trying to find his teammates. He's hitting step back threes. He's, he's doing all these little things that before the season, you're like, okay, well, if Shea could do these things and you know, check these boxes off, then yeah, maybe he could be a star. And he's like, check, 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 check. I mean, it's, it's, it's been best case scenario for Shea this season. And he continues to get better. And you can tell that he is working Working, working. And it's it's just kind of funny because it's not dissimilar to what we saw in those Thunder U days where these guys continue to come back season after season. Like, oh, well, Russ added these five things to his game and Kevin added these five things to his game. And like, look how much better they are. And Shea has done that year after year after year. 
and he's doing that with the Thunder. And it's just, I mean, it's obviously it takes a lot of skill and you have to have the right general manager and you have to have the right coach and all these things in place. But there's a tremendous amount of luck that goes into that too. And it's, it seems as though they've struck gold again, because you look at a team like Charlotte who, I mean, Kemba's good and don't get me wrong, but they just haven't hit on anybody, (laughs) you know, in, in a decade and the thunder, and I, I tweeted this, that the Thunder are going to have an all-NBA player for the 10th year in a row. Yeah. A team in Oklahoma City. And I think that they that can actually just continue on a perpetuity when you add Shea, yeah. to, Shea to this. It's not impossible. I don't know that he makes it next year. Yeah, uh, I think if Chris goes, I think this is what we're talking about. And, man, I there's two teams that I think that I would be stunned if – Chris Paul didn't land on one of these these this offseason. I think I think the Knicks, especially now with Tom Thibodeau, I think or Thibodeau, I think mm-hmm. they become a pretty prime landing spot. You don't hire Thibodeau with the idea that he's going to be building with young like he's not going to build a young team no. uh, up is my assumption. And then I think that watching Philly play with this new brand of who they are like a Horford Chris Paul swap with some pieces to make it sweeter for Oklahoma City like that that makes too much sense uh, for not for that not to happen. Like, and that immediately, may, in my mind, the Sixers become, if not the co- primary contender in the East. I mean, I think they're right there with Milwaukee at that point. I mean, maybe I'm crazy about that, but adding Chris Paul to that team would just send them to a different echelon, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that, I, like, as much as I love Baisley and as much as I love Shea, and I, and I do have a lot of uh, confidence in Dort. Um, that squad is not going to get you to the playoffs for a few years. You know, like mm-hmm. they're going to be able to build with a, a team that already has good players while also like still accumulating good draft picks from their own pick and the picks that are coming through. And so it's not something that really we've talked about this. We debated this before, but it's like the development of these guys, especially next year, isn't going to really raise the floor of this team that much. Uh, and the weird timing of the season may change some of that too anyway. But, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, you think that still, do you still believe that? Like even if Shea takes another step and Darius Baisley and Lou and these guys, like you're still looking at bottom of the barrel in the West. It would, has that, has anything changed your mind on that? Uh, no, I mean the Thunder played the, like a, a very bad version of the Blazers tonight. <laughs> They're missing their two best players who happen to be the guys that, use like all their possessions and so uh tonight's not an evaluation point for that and i i just still think the west is just too strong i mean from top to bottom there are no teams trying to lose none they're all trying to compete i mean phoenix you know phoenix is in the bubble they're trying they're trying to win you can't you can't be this far into devin booker's career and not try to win right uh same with minnesota same with the Kings. They've got a cast of characters that they want to go try to win with. They all want to do it. I mean, the only other, the only team that you think could, you know, potentially try to go into full tank mode is the Spurs. And it would just be, it'd be kind of wild if it was Thunder and Spurs <laughs> both trying to tank at the same time. These, these teams that have been good for just a decade plus. 
but it, it could definitely happen. And I think Shea's really good, but if you strip away Gallo and Chris and Schroeder, then I, I think that yeah. your ability to compete at a high level is gone, which is okay. That's That would be the point. That would be the point of that. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a team building aspect to this that uh, then that would be the point of it. So, so what else? I mean, from so far in the scrimmages, like, like I know you've been navigating a lot, and so I'm not sure how much attention you've been paying. Like, I think the biggest storyline, and and I think Brett mentioned this tonight on Thunder After Dark, is Dre went from being just like a good storyline to like a good player. Yeah, like watching him play tonight, like. If you're trying to kind of guess or project into this restart, what do you think Dre's minutes are going to look like? Like, is he just a specialist, but does he have that even ability anymore? Like, or is there just still too much unknown for you? Uh, I think there's, I, I think we've learned enough to know that he's going to be in the rotation at this point. I don't think that you go that you slide him into the starting lineup without the intention of saying, without the intention of it being, we want him to get a feel for what it's like to play with these guys. Mm. And Billy even answered that in media availability yesterday saying that we're going to find a role for him. Like he has, he has a role in this team. Boom. That's it. I think he so plays. He plays. I mean, there's just so no what, doubt in my mind that he's going to play. you have any guess on what that looks like? I mean, they trust him to play on the wing, so he's going to be the backup three and the backup four. I think that he's going to play 10 to 15 minutes a night, I would guess. I felt so weird watching Dre. I mean, number one, like anybody that's been following this team since then, like like it was emotional watching him step on the floor. I know, um, I know. It's insane. But then the other thing that was so crazy to me is I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And in just the back of my mind is this dude, it's not like Dre was some, ah, this guy was fringe. And this dude was playing in Western Conference finals against the Warriors mm-hmm. in game seven. This yep. guy was, you know, on the floor when, like, he was the second best player. Like, it's not like he's some scrub that didn't matter. And so when he comes back on the court, like, for me, I just feel like there's this gravity to who he was that I think that some players just don't get. And so I'm feeling like in my defensiveness for Dre sometimes, I don't know. It's a, I've been such a weird emotional state with this whole thing because I'm like, man, if you guys just knew who he was, man, like this guy was none of you could do this if you knew who Dre was, you know, but it's like, okay, well, this is a little bit absurd. But I think the thing that's been for me has been good is, Number one, obviously the three-point shot, but just seeing him move laterally in like these small moments where you're like, oh, that's Dre. Like, I don't think he's going to be 100% of what he was, but he's, yeah. he, you'll see him like Alec Burks or Korkmaz or these moments where he just makes their their game a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and I think it's, if I, I think the thing that would be hindering him or holding him back at this point uh, is just confidence and recognizing, hey, that knee is going to hold up for you, and and then to continue to get in shape is what I've seen watching him play. Is it's just like every game is a little bit more confident and, and comfortable playing again. 
Um, so I don't know. I'm excited to see what he can do. And and this team has defensive options, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he helps kind of shore up that that spot that was a question mark because you have the starting lineup, and then you have Nerland, Schroeder, and Baisley off the bench, and. Then the next spot, if you're going to have a nine-man rotation in the playoffs, does it go to Nader? I mean, he's probably earned it over all these other guys. Does it go to Ferg just because you want to try to develop him? Does it go to Hami, who actually played really well tonight? But I think it goes to Dre. I think that's where that spot goes to. I think that they would they would have given those minutes to Hami. That starting that starting spot to Hami, if that's who they thought it was going to be, yeah, or to Nader, who who has played well as he's played well, but I, I just think that Andre is a guy that thinks the game at a higher level than those guys, and I think that Billy trusts him, and all these other guys trust him as well, and so to me that's your that's your nine right there, and you talk about him getting out there and. The, and he's going to be playing against opposing benches, which it's a lot easier to lock down an opposing bench player than it is uh, James Harden or Russell Westbrook or Donovan Mitchell. But I want to see him guard those guys because I think that that's where we're going to say, okay, here's where Dre's at now. Because that's what he, that's what he always did. That's where his, his talent was at was guarding James Harden, that nobody could guard James Harden like him. You just didn't see it. And I think Donovan Mitchell was a guy that in the playoffs against Utah, everybody in in their minds, in the front or the back of their minds, thought, man, it'd be nice to have Dre <laughs> to guard I mean, this guy instead of, changes the whole series. instead of Corey Brewer. It'd be really nice to have him. And now I think that we get a chance to see that. I would like to see him play some minutes against against Mitchell or against Mike Conley uh, coming up this weekend. I would like I would like to see that. I think that that's where we can really tell. But for now, I think we only see positive signs from Dre from the team. And you know, his shot his shot is is different and it looked better and more fluid. That one shot from the top of the key. Jay, it looked good. It looked really good. I know. And I don't know what to do with that. There's but. no hitch. There's no hitch in the shot. That's mm-hmm. the game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, is I'm, I, if there's anybody that's going to have the potential to be positively impacted by the lack of a crowd. Because, you know, like I, I think we all were on the same page where it felt like a lot of Dre's problems, especially in that Houston series, were just confidence because of the environment and the, and that may still be part of it because the risk or the stakes will be high. But, um, I do think he could benefit from some of that and maybe some of the alleviate some of the pressure, at least from the free throw line, but his three point shot looks really, really natural. Um, I don't, man, I don't know. I, the, the crazy thing is now the thunder have a whole, what is If he looks good in these eight games and, and they win the first round and he plays good minutes and, but he's coming up for – he's just a free agent this offseason, correct? Yeah, he's unrestricted. So, huh. I have. I mean, I have. I couldn't guess with any sort of 
quite, I mean, any, I have no idea what they're going to do for Andre Robertson this offseason. Where he would want to go, if he'd want to stay, what is his con? Like, no idea. You could throw it dart at the dartboard and have a better shot of guessing than I could tell you. Yeah. I mean, I think if he's like 60 to 70% Dre and he's like, he's pretty good, but he's not a guy that you feel confident playing more than like 10 minutes a night. I think that's a guy that you just resign on a veteran minimum deal and you just keep him around just because one, he's a really good teammate, a really good guy to have around and he's a good teacher. And so that's, that's enough for me and a guy that can get out there and play a little bit. Great. If he's closer to what he was, I mean, if you're a contender, why wouldn't you say, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a two year, $10 million deal. Great. Yeah, I mean, Come people on. are still signing Luke Ricard Mbamute. <laughs> like, I know. He's still getting contracts, and he hasn't been an elite at defense or a defense for six years. Yeah. I, I, would, I would guess that he would have a chance to go somewhere else if he's at that level. Because, mm-hmm. because why wouldn't you? And if you're the right. Thunder, I think that you just say, great. That's great. We want you to continue to have a great career. Because you gave you gave OKC a lot, and so d- to me, it's it's very interesting. There's a lot of interesting things about this Thunder team heading into the playoffs, and to me, to see that they do have some depth. Because I mean, Mike Muscala has been good. I know. <laughs> Nader's been, been good. These, like, all these guys have played well. Minutes, man. Yeah, all these guys have played well. This team had. It's the one thing that I think people are missing a little bit is. And maybe this is a homer take. Maybe it is. But people always say, yeah, I just don't think the Thunder have any uh, enough depth to do this. I say, okay, well, they're nine-man rotation. Like, where's where are the holes in it? I know they don't have enough shooting. They've never had enough shooting. But Nerlens, Schroeder, Baisley, Robertson. I mean, those are all quality players. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what... the six-man of the year, potentially. Yeah. In that. I don't know. And if Dort can... And that's and that's where the hangup is. I think is there's I don't know that people know what to believe about Dort, Robertson, or Baisley. And if those three can all show up and be quality, just at bare minimum, quality rotation players, I think that it just kind of changes everything for this team because that's where the production wasn't coming from. That's where like the Hami and the Ferguson. And the Nader minutes were going to those guys, you know, especially whenever Baisley was out. They were giving right. those guys a lot of minutes. And it's like, oh, okay, well, there's there's definitely a letdown that's there. Well, and not even, like, if we, if we do want to bring up the Thunder's history, like, it feels so different this year, even than last year, when they were so weak at the wing that they were using Ray Felton as your backup shooting guard. And, you know, yeah. like... That's how desperate they were, where this year you really could put any collection of three or four guys in that position and and feel confident with that. Yeah. Um, which is good. It's a good problem. Or it's a good thing to to change about. And so I don't know. I mean, my expectations for the bubble have uh my expectations for this team, really, if they got out of the seven or eight, um I have no reason that I wouldn't feel comp- confident with them moving to the second round. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Denver would be. I the think mathematically they, they cannot the be like, eight. Yeah, they, they can't be eight, so they're going to avoid the Lakers. But you don't want to play the Clippers. I don't want to play the Clippers at all. Um, no. 
but Denver, Houston, Utah, uh, dude, I'm in. Like, give I yourself a chance, man. You give yourself in, a chance. Every single one of those. Because when I like in all of these conversations, like we, the best player on our team is Chris Paul, and he just basically just passed. He just went to passing practice for scrimmages. <laughs> That's all he did. He's just like, yeah, I just know. throw it around the corner, and then we'll just move on. He was playing prevent off a prevent <laughs> yeah. game, which is just yeah. don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Which Stephen Adams, like, hey man, stop jumping on the ground. I know it was cool, <laughs> but please stop going after balls. That play was unbelievable. Mello was so mad. That was so funny. Oh He's, my gosh. If you haven't Steven seen it, <laughs> Steve feels and looks good. Yeah. His, uh, I don't think this is a word, but I'm going to say that his nimbility is, uh, is uh, off the charts, right? Tons now. of nimbility. Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, the scrimmage, we're wrapping it up tonight, but it's been, uh, I don't know, dude, basketball's back and it feels yep. good. And uh, I think the product is going to be a high quality product going forward. And um, I don't know, it just feels good. Like I literally, especially what's going to be nuts is looking forward to these games. Like I'll be in bed by 10 o'clock every single game of the next eight. <laughs> I know. Isn't that nice? Yeah. 3.30 on Saturday, 4 on Monday. Like, yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want to treat that ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment that you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime that you have questions or you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you've struggled with ED, go to GetRoman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com forward slash down to dunk for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. We'll do a Thunder preview on Friday, but Jay, what, what's, your, what's your prediction for the Thunder's record in these eight games? And I'll, I'll, yeah. give you, I'll lay out the schedule real quick. So they play Utah on Saturday. They get Denver Monday. Uh, next Wednesday, they get Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Lakers, who, by the way, won't be playing for a whole lot. They're gonna have that one seed locked up, and so I'm intrigued to see what they even what they'll even do. Uh, then they get Memphis, Washington, Phoenix, the Heat, and then finally the Clippers to wrap this up. How are you? How are you feeling about those games? And obviously, we don't really know what the Schroeder situation is gonna sure. be, uh, which I think. Uh, factors into this a lot. If you remove him from that, that nine man rotation that we just talked about, uh, his replacement isn't super clear (laughs) as to, as to who it would be. Uh, but yeah, how are you, how are you feeling heading into this? Yeah. So just to keep with kind of my tradition for the season, I'm just projecting that they're going to go Oh, and eight, um, (laughs) for that whole entire stretch. But honestly, (laughs) 
taking the Schroeder part of it into account, I do think four and four is is uh, pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, I like their chances against Utah. I actually like their chances against Denver, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, depending on what LA team you get, Anthony Davis is going to miss a little bit of time with an eye injury, but that could just be like, eh, why would we plan? Let's just keep him safe and get ready for the playoffs. Um, but the Thunder got trounced by a team that didn't have anybody on the Lakers squad except for Kuzma. Uh, That's true. Grizzlies, I, I don't know what to expect out of the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies are they're fighting for their lives, man, and they're scrappy. I like Jaw. I like Jaron Jackson. I like the team they're putting together. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to project that one. The Wizards, they shouldn't be there. The Suns shouldn't be there. The Heat, um, just the way they play defense gives the Thunder uh, a lot of problems. But they didn't play him. Last time they played him, they didn't have Steven Adams or Danilo Gallinari. And so interested to see that. I think that's probably the most even – like if you looked in the Eastern Conference, like who's the equivalent of the Thunder, I would say probably the Heat are in that realm. Uh, maybe a higher, higher ceiling because of Jimmy Butler. And then the Clippers, it just depends on what they're doing. Like you could – I could absolutely see them not playing Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. And by that mm-hmm. point, you could see the Thunder not even playing Chris Paul or Danilo Gallinari. Like who knows? Like I have no idea what that game is going to look like. So Paul George has looked – fantastic I know. by the way uh he's one of those guys that benefits from a ton of time because he's yes. just a constantly injured player um, yeah so i could see them managing his minutes pretty substantially over the course of these eight games um and still maintaining the two seed so but yeah i, I think four and four is probably a nice i mean it's, it's a lame one like i know it'd be way cooler if i was like ah oh, six and two um, but four and four with the uncertainty of Schroeder's situation, I think makes sense. And that probably puts the thunder in that four or five. I don't think they move forward or down much if they go 500 to finish the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's, who's your ideal playoff opponent? Oh, don't do this. Why? Why are you doing this dream scenario stuff, man? Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. I have zero desire to play Houston, to be honest with you. Um, oh, I kind of want to. I kind of want I to. Know. I know. I would love to play the Jazz and then yeah. just to beat them. Yeah. What's Okay, Ooh. who's the most gratifying team to beat in round one? The the Jazz, without question to me. Not Houston? There's no, no. gratification there? Nah. That Jazz series two years ago. Yeah. It's the team, probably the team I dis like the most in the entire NBA outside of maybe Portland and the jazz or that, that one and two, just the fans and the way the arrogance man. And that, which is, you know, I say that being a thunder fan where it was like Russell literally was being such a arrogant jerk to Rubio who won the series. But (laughs) (laughs) for me, it's like, I was just so annoyed by the end of that Utah series that I just despised the fan base. I despised the team. Like I, I would love to beat them five you know in five games or something be amazing that would that would feel good and i think uh the thunder would have america behind them as well right during that series yeah and i yeah and this team is is more prepared and more equipped to beat that team like they can neutralize gobert in a way that those old the thunder teams last year couldn't yeah two years ago in the playoffs couldn't yeah yeah i think uh, fortunately, there are a lot of gratifying round one wins out there for OKC. Right. right. <laughs> With Utah and Houston, I think both would be outrageously gratifying. I think even beating Denver, like that's like that's that's a good that's a good team. 
and I think they would have a puncher's chance against yeah, Denver. Sure. The ultimate gratify gratification would be beating the Clippers in round one and <laughs> having all their stuff. Be like, oh, cool. We'll also take your draft picks. Yeah. Hey, guys. Ah, oh, better luck next year. Good luck in the hope, draft. Oh, everybody wait. leaves. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome, but I, I don't, I, I do not want to play. I, I would not want to play the Clippers over anybody in the NBA right now. Yeah. Their roster, like even the fact that they're getting something out of the corpse of Joe Kim Noah, like it's that team, man. Marcus Morris. I just think they're loaded. Yeah. Loaded. Yeah, they are. Who's your final? What's your finals pick? Um, man, I, I, I say all of that about the Clippers, but I, it's hard for me to bet against LeBron. So I would, I'll take the Lakers and the Bucks in the finals, uh, and I'll actually take the Bucks to win. Oh wow! Victory yeah, for the small market franchises. It's easy. it's easy to pull the Lakers, but I'm gonna, I'd say the Bucks win. You know who I really like in the East, though. That, and maybe I'm dumb for this, but I really like Philly. Yeah, there's, they're, they are certainly very interesting. They're Who's very your pick? I mean, are you saving that for the pod on Friday? No, I mean, I think I've said it on a few different platforms. The Lakers, Bucks, and I think the Lakers will win. Yeah, I believe too much in uh, the uh, the gray hairs and LeBron's beard and Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith. I just I, I haven't I haven't watched them scrimmage yet, mainly because I don't want to get sucked into the Dion love. Uh, but apparently, man. Lakers Nation is all in. You have to be. You have to be. <laughs> Dion oh, is so great. Gosh. Just close your eyes real quick. Yeah. Every, and listeners do this too. Close your eyes. And I want you to imagine which player is holding the NBA Larry O'Brien championship trophy. Who is it? Who's holding the trophy in your, in your right. mind? Yeah. Well, I mean, initially it was not, it was not going to be this guy, but eventually it just became Dion, but that's not what See? I mean. That's it. That's it. See, that's it. That's the end. That's I'm serious. There are guys, and I think that Royce Young came up with this theory. He's like, what guys can you see winning the title? Dion's a guy that I could just see winning the title. I think it's his time. This is it. He, he ate that weed gummy earlier this season for this moment. <laughs> was that this season or was that a decade ago? <laughs> Hard to tell. Yeah. Who else? So you go to the Bucks and you're like, Chris Middleton? Eh. Yeah, I don't know. Chris Middleton's not a guy that comes into my head. Bledsoe? No. George Hill would be the guy on the Bucks, I think, maybe. Yeah. DiVincenzo? No. Although he (laughs) was, I loved watching him play in college, man. That finals game with him. Like, I don't watch college basketball ever, but it was the most impressed I've ever been by a college player. Like, just swag all over the floor. He's good. But no, I don't want to see him carry the Larry O'Brien trophy. See, this is why it has to be the Lakers, in my opinion. This is this is my <laughs> this is how I measure. Some people use stats. Some people watch yeah. games. I close my eyes and envision which player I think will be holding the trophy. <laughs> I like it. It's good. Uh, Jay, anything else be- before we go? No, man. I'm excited for the season to be here and Good thing is the team that I despise the most is the first team we play, and that's on Saturday at 2.30. 2. 
And, uh, man, it's here and it feels good. And I, I'm too, I'm optimistic about this team all the time anyway, but yeah. I have, I have a ridiculous amount of confidence in this team. So I'm just excited to see if that's just me being stupid or if that's real. So, but I'm good, man. Everything's good. Basley's going to be the next Giannis, man. So I'm excited about that. That'll be <laughs> <No>. great <laughs> with the shot though. Does, can you imagine Basley holding the NBA trophy? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. Could. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the answer. Yeah. Maybe that's Maybe that is the answer. That's the answer that we've all wanted. Lou Dort is the one I can most definitely picture with the trophy. Oh yeah, especially I don't think we've talked about this on the pod that he was on cameo saying down to Dort. <laughs> we have not addressed that. <laughs> it's that's destiny, man. It just feels it is it feels pretty destiny. Uh, there is no better so storyline though than Chris Paul getting the opportunity. Can you imagine? After all these years, after all these teams, after all this, just this fight and scrap of Chris Paul, he essentially gets traded in a deal where the team has his team, the Rockets have to give picks in order to get rid of his contract. And then he makes it through. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, for sure, for him, the Rockets are like, we'll take the Rockets in first round. That's absolutely his thought. Yes. Yes. Because Chris is such a a guy that plays mind games, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're a Houston fan and you have Chris lining up on the other side of Russell, I would be, I'd be very worried because we've seen Russ fall into these traps year after year with Dame last year, with Rubio the year before. I mean, and, and maybe he's turned over a new leaf. I I didn't think that he would do what he did this year. So huge credit to Russell in not shooting threes and to just commit to just the drive over and over again. And so maybe that just shows that maybe he's a different guy and maybe he's had different voices in his ears and he's decided to change. But still, you line Chris up against him, you know he just wants to go at him. You know he just wants to destroy him. And yep. that does not always result in the best things for his team. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, I, I think the Thunder would have a chance. And I that, just would be too stressed, man, in that one. I know the storylines are outrageous. Are they just? Yeah, it's insane. They're through the roof. So I think I'd rather go with the more safe, gratifying win with with the Jazz. I'm with you. Sounds great. Good. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to our show. You can follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Follow Jay at J Ralph Smith. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K Schlecht. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. I didn't even mention that I ate crackling oat bran this week, man. (gasps) It's true. Quick, quick review. It's it's so good, man. It is so It good. is the most dense cereal I've ever <laughs> eaten in my life, but it is so good. 